how embracing constraint and getting in touch with your audience can help you grow your brand to seven figures in just two years. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here and we've got some lovely guests lined up for you in this episode. Before we do that though, another one of you has left us a review, this time on Apple Podcasts. So huge thanks to Jeff G224 in the USA for your five star rating and for describing us as the single best podcast out there in the digital marketing and e-com space. Thank you very much very much. And I totally agree that it is a must listen for anyone that's looking to level up their e-com and D2C game. So thank you, Jeff G224. We massively appreciate your review. And if you want uh, to get read out at the beginning of an episode, you know what to do. Go and give us a review. Now, in today's episode, I'm talking to the co-founders of a startup who have taken a really interesting approach to how they're growing their business. They are already at seven figures and they've only been going for a couple of years. They are very focused on how they can help their customer in order to build that level of trust, that level of engagement that leads to them getting a really solid sale on complicated products. They are also doing all this whilst living in a van and traveling around Europe. So there's a lot of constraint in what they're doing because A, they don't want to spend their life driving around Europe working on their e-commerce business. They want to spend their life driving around Europe climbing up things, hence climbing van is their name. And that puts a lot of constraints, a lot of controls on how they can run their business. So it's really interesting to hear how they're structuring their team, how they're focusing on their marketing and how they are building that business. So as it works in order to enable them to live the life they want to live. Lots of great stuff, whether you want to do that or not, coming up in this episode. And make sure you listen to the end of the episode so you don't miss out on their top tips, especially the traffic top tip and my own take on this episode. We're now live with Chloe's e-commerce club, my new free online club where the whole e-commerce master plan audience can come together. The point of the club is to help you all improve your e-commerce businesses, to help you solve your marketing challenges, to get supplier recommendations, learn new tactics and much more. We're starting simple and focusing on that core of helping us all get through this challenging year, but we've got lots lined up for the coming months and I'm sure we'll add more things based on your needs and feedback. It really is a club all about you and supporting your business. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday to help you. So how can you join me in the club? Well, just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So come and join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club.
And now to introduce today's special guests. Charlie Lowe and Dale Comley are the co-founders of Climbing Van, an extensive resource for self-built campervan converters that has evolved into a successful e-commerce business that they run whilst living and travelling in their own campervan. Founded in 2021, they are now doing over seven figures a year via their WooCommerce site. Hello, Charlie. Hi. Hello, Dale. Hi. Great to have you guys here and congrats on achieving such success in such a short period of time with such constraints on how you've decided to run your business as well. It's, it's a truly awesome um, achievement. So well done. Thank you. <laughs> um, everyone's not going constraints. What constraints? I don't worry, well, guys, we'll come into that in a minute. But how did you end up being in e-commerce how was e-commerce the thing you decided to do in order to fund your lifestyle so essentially the kind of short version of it is that we decided to convert a camper fan so that we could have a year off um we were working normal kind of nine to five jobs and then what actually happened was that we finished our van conversion a week before the first uk lockdown which was very bad timing um so instead of having a year off we decided to write a book um, about how to convert a camper van um, and then we moved into our van in april 2021 and at the same time we um, launched our book and then that was the kind of beginnings of our business so our first product e-commerce product was the book and then since then um the business has kind of become two slash three parts so one side of the business is the book the other side of the business is electrical systems and then there's kind of two parts to that again so we've got um electrical products that we sell directly on the website um and then we've also got these kind of full bespoke systems that we design through a bit more of a kind of consultancy um structure but yeah so two of the three parts are kind of e-commerce selling products through the website um it all kind of started with the book and then it's like evolved from there and why with the book did you decide to sell it via your own site rather than purely going the Amazon route that so many people undertake? Yeah, so I think initially we tried to take the proud stance of not selling on Amazon um, for ethical reasons, which I'm sure everyone is probably kind of aware of. Um, it's a very difficult thing to stick to. Um, I mean, so we we were selling predominantly just on our own website initially. And we'd have uh, countless emails saying, oh, I can't find your book anywhere. They've still managed to email you, but they haven't found <laughs> your book on your own website where everything is basically pointing to the book. It's everyone will search through Amazon, unfortunately. Um, so I think after a few months, we kind of admitted defeat there and we did have to start selling through Amazon as well. Um, I think we're lucky because we get a lot of, or we've built a lot of content up um, in addition to the book on the website. So we do get relatively high traffic to the site anyway, and hopefully all of the content's like very detailed and thorough. Um, so I think when people find or stumble upon those articles and they're reading through and they see that there's a book there that's kind of written in the same kind of comprehensive way. I think it's kind of a relatively easy, soft sell to people. And do you find the the book is kind of like a lead in 
to then people trusting you to come and buy the electrical system from you because that is a that's quite something to trust someone else with isn't it so we were in quite a nice unique position where essentially before we started the business we kind of built up quite a large instagram following um, of people who were interested in our own van conversion and we were kind of sharing these quite informative um, kind of Instagram posts and blog posts about the process. Um, so then when we released the book, um, we kind of could have it on our own website because we could drive a lot of traffic there ourselves. Um, but what it also kind of means is that I think people have a lot of trust in us um, because they've almost got this quite personal relationship with us, I guess, because they maybe follow us on Instagram or they've read the book and a lot of the book is kind of pictures of us and it's got these little kind of snippets where it's like Charlie says, Dale says. And so I think people feel like they have quite a personal relationship with us and they have a lot more trust in us than you would if you just kind of went to a website that felt quite businessy and commercial. So it means that then when people read about the electrical system, uh, kind of service or they see that on the website they feel quite trusting in us to give us that part of their build to help them with because of all of the information that we've given them in the book and on the website and this sort of thing and you've taken quite an interesting approach to the electricals side of it which is you're giving away the electrical design service which is the really really difficult bit of a van build a van conversion in order to sell people the component product. So why why did you, a lot of people would decide they, they wanna sell that consulting part. What made you wanna do that and then sell the physical components instead? Yeah, I think the natural approach is to essentially have that kind of like paywall and charge a consultancy rate. I think the reality is when you look at the time that you actually need to spend on like just the pure consultancy and how much people are probably willing to pay for it there's quite a big deficit there so i think for the time that we'd want to spend it's probably like several hundred pounds that you'd want to be charging and i think for most people that's just too much of a, a barrier so we didn't want to like have that affect like the number of inquiries we want we want to try and win people through well, basically educating them. So we we well, we ask um, maybe 30 or 40 questions through a form on the website when people in, inquire, but then the engineer's role is to really kind of tease out of people exactly what they really want and explain the ramifications of certain things. And it's, it's that like education, like conversation piece, which is when you, you have that opportunity to convert someone that perhaps otherwise wouldn't have necessarily well they certainly wouldn't have paid for a consultancy rate or a consultancy sort of process and they perhaps wouldn't have just simply bought components from you either but you've got this nice sort of chunk of time to build up trust so that they're confident in purchasing from you and you said they're um engineers uh, so it's not you guys doing the uh, that consultancy piece. So tell us a little bit about what the what the whole team behind um, Climbing Van looks like with where you've got the business to today. Yeah, so 
originally it was just kind of me and Dale doing everything. And then as the business has kind of grown, and I think we reached a point with the inquiries where all we were doing was going back to inquiries and helping people with their systems. And we didn't have enough time to kind of grow the business. We um, took on our first engineer in January, 2022, I think it was. Um, so now we've got a team of three engineers who help with um, going back to the kind of electrical system side of things. We've got a lady in operations who deals with all the kind of um, processing the orders and um, that kind of side of things. Um, then we've got both of us and we've got two kind of content writers as well. Um, so one who's kind of m a more kind of like technical content writer and researcher, and then one who's um, kind of from a less technical background, but doing more of the kind of less technical content as well. So for us, that's kind of where we're at at the moment. And then probably this year, there'll be a few more additions, but um, we'll see, see how it goes. I think one thing that was really important to us and to be like different from the rest of the industry. And I think we feel fairly confident in saying this, there's, there's kind of no one that's actually particularly qualified to be doing the job that they're doing in our sector for some weird reason. Um, these kind of complex, and they are very complex systems are being essentially cobbled together by people with no real prior understanding or experience. And you can see it everywhere and it, it is kind of quite scary because they do have well there's there's safety concerns with it and like cost as well and you can kind of see time and time again that people are essentially getting screwed over by it so we really wanted to be different and have like an actual qualified engineer from various different engineering disciplines there as like the person that you speak to so there's no kind of intermediate tree kind of account manager. It's like an actual like nerdy engineer that you get to speak to. And that was that was really important to us. And um, you mentioned, uh, Charlie, about that you've got two content writers. Given all the noise about it at the moment, I have to ask the question, have you got any considerations of replacing them with an AI bot? <laughs> So we have actually had a conversation with both of them about this because it is obviously at the forefront of the kind of news at the moment. And I think having played about with these tools quite a lot, the view that we're kind of taking is that they shouldn't be afraid that we're going to replace them with AI. What they should do is harness the AI and use it as like a tool um, to kind of improve what they're doing. So I think it is definitely pretty scary when you play with it uh some of the stuff it can do but i think like people should view it as like a tool yeah i think the other thing like it is like incredibly impressive um uh, i think from versions that we saw like a couple of years ago which were very basic and quite easy to shrug off compared to what is now kind of available like it, it's come on an, in an incredible amount but I think the the gaps in what it can do are still uh, like fairly obvious and like pretty definitive for us. Uh, it's creating that sort of like truly novel content and trying to think about things in a very different way or being the first to do something. It, it kind of can't do that. If there is no content there, 
for it to work from, then you get an incredibly fluffy, not very useful answer. Um, so for us, there's quite a lot of areas because of changes in our industry and electric vehicles and this kind of thing. We could potentially ask it some, or we have asked it questions around this and some of the more kind of like technical and complex um like nuances of those systems and you just get a terrible answer basically it's kind of not useful um so yeah it's probably quite good for some businesses that are just churning out very kind of like basic content and just regurgitating something that's already there but is that a good way to be running your business probably not you're just copying what other people have done it's it, there's no real USP there. I I love the way I totally agree with everything you've said, and I also love the way you've said you've both reassured your content team we're not replacing you with chatbots, and you've given them permission to use them where it's going to help them to produce better content for you. It's like those are the two key things to sort out with your content team for any business. I think so. Love the fact you've done that. And I mentioned earlier on that you run your business with a certain amount of constraint, um, which you've built in yourselves because this is about enabling you to go on the trips and live in your own camper van. So can you talk us through a little bit about what that constraint is? And then we'll get into how that's affected the business and ultimately made it more successful. Yeah. So I think that the way that we kind of run the business is probably different to how most people run a startup business um we don't or we very much try not to work kind of 60 70 hours a week we're living in our camper van full time and so what we're trying to do is find a balance between kind of working and traveling um and exploring and so we'll probably work at least 40 hours a week normally but ideally we would like to kind of reduce that at some point in the future um but what we're kind of trying to do is find this balance between we don't work conventional hours we're not kind of working nine to five monday to friday we're working when we feel most productive so if that's first thing in the morning or if that's in the evenings if that's on a sunday kind of whenever it is we'll work when we feel productive and as soon as we don't feel productive anymore we'll go and do something different. And I think what we kind of find is when we're at that point of doing more than kind of like 35, 40 hours a week, it's not productive anymore. Or if we try and sit down and work for 12 hours in a day, it's certainly not productive by the time you get to the end of that day. And so I think there's something to be said for working slightly less hours, but perhaps at less conventional times and actually probably getting 20% more work done. And the other element of constraint you've got is obviously the fact you are literally on the road in a camper van, so you can't do your own pick and pack and you you can't be in face-to-face -face meetings with your team every day. Um, Dale, do you want to talk us through that a little bit? Yeah, so from the, from the outset, um, it was never going to be possible for us to kind of like physically hold stock and send things out ourselves. We'd need an absolutely enormous trailer. Uh, we'd never get that many books like towed behind the van. So we we kind of had to give that kind of like control away, like from the get go. Um, and I think that actually just gave us a lot of confidence that once you find the right people to work with, that 
you you can just like essentially work entirely like remotely you don't need to do every single aspect so now uh the like for example the books are stored in like multiple different loca locations across europe uh, and the same for the electrical system components as well um they're in multiple different warehouses um all over the place really and we've kind of had to build up these relationships with lots of different businesses and we haven't necessarily got that right first time we have had to move through quite a few businesses that perhaps weren't able to work in a way that was efficient enough for how we needed to operate but we have now kind of settled and we've found a few of these companies that have been kind of more accommodating and like willing to work in a slightly different way um, and that's been really good yeah, I think that that's one of the key things if you want to run life a bit differently to the perceived normal is that you find team members and suppliers and partners who are set up to work in the same way, you know, so uh, a supplier of electrical components who wants to meet face to face every three months and wants orders by fax is not going to fit. It has to be automatable, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that's really key for us is avoiding any paper and everything is kind of email and automate as much as possible and kind of do things in a way where we don't need to post a letter with a stamp on it to someone to be able to do something. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Yoast's famous SEO conference is back. On Thursday, May 11th, they're bringing some of the world's best SEO and marketing experts to Nijmegen in the Netherlands. They'll share their insights, winning strategies and smartest tactics across topics like e-commerce SEO, content marketing and sustainable growth. You'll also be able to join interactive workshops where you can get hands-on with the experts. So join YoastCon on the 11th of May to learn how to grow your business, optimise your website and outrank your competitors. Just head to ecmp.info forward slash Yoastcon. That's ecmp.info forward slash y-o-a-s-t-c-o-n to get your ticket. I was able to bring you the brilliant guest in this episode because of the brilliant work done by the team behind the Start Your Own Business podcast, a podcast I've been lucky enough to be the interviewer for. So if you want to hear how Charlie and Dale got their business up and running, you really need to also listen to the Start Your Own Business podcast because that's where we really get into their startup journey. And it's even more inspiring and tip-packed than this episode. No, really. In fact, I highly recommend anyone doing business in the UK to listen in to the Start Your Own Business podcast because it covers so many important topics. And despite having owned businesses for over 16 years, I've still learned a lot myself from the show. Find out all about it, listen and get signed up to their email newsletter at startupdonut.co.uk forward slash podcast. That's donut spelt D-O-N-U-T. So that's startupdonut.co.uk forward slash podcast. It's time for the top tips round. Okay. 
Um, let's talk top tips then. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Charlie, Dale, are you ready for the top tips? Yes. Yes. Excellent. Okay. The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? And Charlie, I believe you've got us the answer on this one. Yes. So I think my answer is almost certainly been given on your podcast before, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, so my answer is Let My People Go Surfing by Yvonne Chouinard, um, because I think that anyone starting their own business has the responsibility to ensure that they do it in a sustainable way, whether that's kind of through the suppliers and the materials that they're working with and they use, the way that they're treating their employees or how they're kind of choosing to make sure that they're giving back. Yeah, you've got to think about all that in advance. And if you're going to build it in, you've got to think about these things. Letting it just evolve is never going to happen. So, yeah, top recommendation. Okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? And Dale, this one's yours. So I think this is probably the one that we prize the most, but obviously they are all important. You can't really just pick one and roll with that. You do kind of need to try and do all of them if you can. Um, but I think for us, the content writing and that kind of whole like SEO piece and trying to rank well in Google is kind of like, it's like the long term, like number one for us, I guess. Um, uh, so I think something that's really important to us is that we build really deep, like well thought through content because you're, you're essentially trying to like please three different groups. One is just like purely the reader, making sure that the person that actually found the article gets out of it what they want. You're also trying to satisfy like the search engines and making sure that you actually appear so people can find it. But then there's also this kind of like third option, which is a really interesting angle. And that's trying to write content that will appeal to like journalists and big media outlets and i think that's something that's really helped us certainly from like a domain authority perspective in the last year um so including lots of facts and figures that's kind of like original like primary research um and kind of thinking as you're writing those articles what a journalist might be googling for around your kind of like area. So for us, there's lots of kind of camper van and van life statistics and this kind of thing. And we found that some very, very big sort of media outlets have found us because of that. We've either had backlinks from it or they'll write a full kind of article about us and what we're doing. And then you get the backlinks that way. And that's been uh, really powerful. It's helped, helped us grow much quicker than probably anything else really. I love that. The clarity, it comes, you know, people say about content, you've got to know what your goal is and what your aim is. And so often people stop at the keyword, but that clarity of those three elements, oh, I love that. That's gold dust. Thank you very much for that one, Dale. Okay. The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Yeah. So I think there's a few quick ones that we we use we kind of can't live without like slack uh, and monday which is like the crm crm system that we use but i think 
overwhelmingly Google Sheets. We leverage that so much. I think if you if you saw some of the spreadsheets that we have, it is basically software that we've been been able to build within it, and essentially no cost. You're not having to get external developers in. You know it intimately. There's millions of tutorials on how to do it. It is all quite achievable and you can achieve something very, very, very complex and really powerful just within a Google Sheet. Yeah, so so many of us are barely tapping, barely scratching the surface of what Google Sheets can do. So, um, so yeah, it's a hugely powerful uh, resource. Okay, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? So I think that uh, what we would suggest here is not just focusing on one thing, because if you focus on one thing to try and get that amount of growth, it's going to be really hard. You need to focus on everything. So you need to focus on your paid marketing, your organic SEO, your social media. If you can make incremental gains in all of the different areas, then that's going to add up to something significant. And some of those channels won't increase sales overnight. Um, they're kind of like a longer term investment. So kind of slowly building up high quality content on your website, you're not just going to see a sudden influx of orders the next day. But in six months time, you will see a lot more traffic to your website. So I think it's this whole thing of not just going, ah, oh, if I do paid marketing, that's going to be it. It's kind of looking at everything and going right we need a strategy for each one and work out how those all kind of fit together i love that and that is so on the money for what people need to be hearing at the start of this year as well so thank you very much for that charlie um charlie dale thank you so much for being on the show now before we say goodbye can you please let our audience know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media please Yes, so you can go to climbingvan.co.uk um, and you can also find us on Instagram at climbingvan. Simple as that, everybody. Go and uh, go and check them out. Uh, Charlie, Dale, thank you again for being on the show. It's been lovely chatting with you and I think we've given the audience an awful lot to think about. So thank you for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to see. Great to be on. Yeah, thank you very much. lovely to catch up with Charlie and Dale there and I think so much that they're doing differently because they've come at e-commerce from a different perspective. I love the way they are so focused on educating and helping their audience in order to then get the sale of all the electrical equipment that they need to convert their van successfully in order to live in it or to go on long trips in it. I love also the way in which they have defined how their business is going to operate based on what they want out of life. So keeping everything automatable, finding the right partners to enable them to do that, drop shipping and having fulfillment houses to send out their products. They're not doing it themselves. The way in which they, you know, they said we got to the point where all we were doing was doing electrical systems. So then we hired the first engineer and that... I guess that clarity throughout around how the workload was going to be managed together with how to deliver a great result for their audience, which clearly is why in just a couple of years, they're already at a seven figure turnover whilst spending their life traveling around Europe, climbing up things. 
and presumably down things as well. You can get your hands on the notes from today's show, including those top tips and links to all the things we mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. And you can go straight to the page for this episode by putting ecmp.info forward slash whatever the number this episode is into the URL bar and you will go straight to the right page. Once you get to the website, make sure you add yourself to our email list because then you won't miss out on any of the many things I share via that to help you improve your business. And if you liked this episode and that angle of constraint, then why not check out some of our episodes with solo e-commerce business runners, those who are doing it determinedly with just the one person in their business. You can find out all of those episodes at ecmp.info forward slash solo. Thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode that you do of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your business, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have an excellent week and do not forget to keep optimizing your marketing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. Don't miss out. It's time you joined Chloe's e-commerce club, our free club that's all about helping you grow your e-commerce store. Join right now for free at ecmp.info forward slash club.